Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. This is another edition of This is America. My name is Rich Valdez, and we are 17 floors above Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. And I emphasize that not because I love New York, but because this is where it's going down. Washington has all these cases, but this thing is spreading like wildfire right here in New York City. The reason being, we've got more people than everybody else does. That being said, Past few days, it's been kind of crazy. The president's been front and center on all of this every day, doing his thing, doing what presidents do, sounding presidential. Even my good colleague, Juliet Huddy from the Curtis and Juliet show at uh, Talk Radio 77 WABC, she had some very complimentary things to say about the president. So kudos to Juliet and kudos to everybody that's realizing we're Americans and we're in this together. And that matters. We have to be calm and we have to do things the right way. Now, speaking of those things, the media continues to do what they do. And I think Trump said it best when he said the fake news media is the enemy of the people. I really agree with that statement. Americans deserve to be informed. People right now, most people, I think most people, at least from my purview, from where we are, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, we can see that there's a lot less traffic a lot less cars. More and more businesses are shut down. My family business that's downstairs in Penn Station, shut down. Everybody's doing their part. So why is it that certain mayors and governors can't fall in line and get on board with Americanism, get on board with old glory, get on board with the United States and be in this fight together? Mayor de Blasio just continues to spread his message of panic and fear making all these crazy statements to fake news media, loves to come at Trump sideways. Just yesterday at the press briefing, Cecilia Vega decides to to come, and I say it like that because there was a journalist here in New York that always did the lotto numbers every day, and she would say, hi, here for the power, you know, Powerball and pick six, I'm Yolanda Vega. And, you know, everybody from New York knows what I'm talking about. If you're not, I don't know, she's probably on YouTube. You can hear her say, I'm Yolanda Vega. But anyway... She comes at the president and hits him with a question that I think this has nothing to do with informing Americans. It has nothing to do with keeping us safe or helping anything. It has everything to do with taking shots at the president. But she wants to know why he refers to the virus as the Chinese virus. Listen to this. 
Your, your Treasury Secretary was on Capitol Hill talking about the potential for what could come, and he, he said that unemployment could skyrocket to 20 percent. Are we looking that that could rival the Great Depression? Are we looking at potentially historic no, well, I don't agree devastation? With that. Yeah. No, I don't agree. That's a absolute total worst case scenario. Uh, but uh, no, we don't look at that at all. Thank you. And my second question. We're nowhere near it. Okay. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot it of people say from it's China. racist. It's not <laughs> racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why comes from China. I and want to be accurate. Yeah, please, John. I have the great, I have great love uh, for all of the people from our country. But uh, as you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe this stuff now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, it comes from China. Boom, in your face like a can of mace, baby. This is why Americans love Donaldus Magnus, DJT, Donald John Trump. This is why. Because he's a G about it. He's like, hey, this is from China. It's real simple. He doesn't backpedal because the media has all this power. He calls it like it is. I think every single person around here knows that this Wuhan coronavirus, whether you want to call it that or not, came from China. I don't think that's up for debate. So why on earth do we ask a question like this? Why do you, even your own Secretary Azar says that ethnicity, he's not saying that ethnicity has anything to do with it. I mean, if we hit the brakes real quick and we look at what was known as the Spanish flu or Ebola or MERS, also known as Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. And of course, my reference to Ebola coming from the Ebola River which, yes, is in a geographic location, or the German measles. I mean, I think we can go on, right? The Hong Kong flu, that was way back in the day, also known as the Asian flu, I guess. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Let me know. Hit us up. I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S. But my question here is, okay, so the first one, you know, she sneaks in the legitimate question, which is, you know, Secretary Mnuchin was saying that in a worst-case scenario, unemployment could reach as high as 20%. I guess that was something that he could have addressed and we could have talked about, but she didn't really want to talk about that. And he addressed it. And he said, no, it's worst case scenario. It really is not something we're anticipating in any, you know, in any way by any stretch of the imagination, but it could legitimately uh, be the worst case scenario. And she accepted it quite plainly if you listen to the audio. But when it comes to the, why do you call it China? She continues to push back. There's, she pulled a Jim Acosta because that was always her plan. She legitimately just wanted to go on TV and try and take a shot at the president. That was it. And it's this culture of let me, you know, try and land one on his chin. That in my opinion, is not about holding him accountable. It's about being anti-American. It's about taking a cheap shot anytime and every time you can because you see your president of your United States as your enemy. And that's dead wrong. As AOC would say, straight up, that's dead wrong. Not everybody can have the skill and finesse that Andrew Cuomo has where now two days in a row he's been very complimentary to the president. 
He's definitely either been checked by the president because he got scolded or maybe he got some money that he was looking for because he's got a huge hole in his budget. Huge. So not exactly sure what changed Governor Cuomo's tune, but I'm guessing it was the fact that he realized that Trump's team really is on it, that the floating hospital is on its way to New York. So with the USS Comfort, the Navy medical ship, it's a hospital on an aircraft carrier, if you will, coming to New York, this has put the governor at ease. The feds are here to help the states respond. Kudos to President Trump. And quite frankly, you don't hear it from me too often. Kudos to Andrew Cuomo. Listen to this. I had a conversation with the president yesterday. Uh, it was an open and honest conversation. We've always had a very good dialogue. Even when we don't agree, we've always had a very good dialogue. But the president and I agreed yesterday, look, we're fighting the same war. And this is a war. Uh, and we're in the same trench. And I have your back, you have my back, and we're going to do everything we can for the people of the, of the state of New York. Uh, and the president agreed to that, and I agreed to that, and his actions demonstrate that he is doing that. I've had a number of conversations with uh, White House staff who are working on this. I had a conversation with the Secretary of the Army. Uh, the president sent the Army Corps of Engineers here this afternoon. I'll be meeting with them this afternoon. I spoke to the president this morning about specific actions the president is going to take. I can tell you he is fully engaged on trying to help New York. He's being very creative uh, and very energetic. And I, I thank him for his partnership. Well, there you go. Definite kudos going to the governor for, for just keeping it real. He just kept it real. That's what Trump does. He keeps it real. He decided to put the politics aside and say, hey, look, I differ with this guy on so many issues. But right now, people are dying. We have a problem that we can't quite get our hands around yet. So we're going to work together. And I can respect that. But what I can't respect is a politician who is going to use this for his advantage to promote his socialist, communist-leaning agenda every single time. Bernie Sanders, who should be waving the white flag both hands up in the air and surrender because he got spanked yesterday in every single primary or two days ago. He's back at it. Listen to what he had to say. We will put conditions on this financial assistance to make certain that any corporation in America that benefits from emergency aid does not lay off workers, pays workers a livable wage, and does not rip off consumers. Now, you know, it's interesting that he would say those things, and that's cool, right? That sounds nice. That's that's just like the reporter before. I'm going to talk about a legitimate issue, unemployment hitting 20%, and then I'm going to come with the one-two punch right behind it. Of course, everybody's concerned about workers. We're all workers, right? And I don't like this term workers, but whatever. If we're going to use the term, this is you know the, the term Marx used. Uh, that's why he loves that, that term. But let's just say he's coming. we're going to protect the work. Of course, he makes it sound like he's the only one sticking up for anybody. Trump's out there doing everything uh, that he possibly can to make sure people aren't losing their jobs and that if they are losing their jobs, that they're not losing their income. So he comes in under the guise of, hey, I'm Bernie and I'm a nice guy. But keep listening. We must make sure that companies that get bailouts are required to sell equity to the government 
and put workers on their board of directors. Boom. So now check this out. So now we're talking about the government owning a piece of your business. This is a big no-no. If you think that's okay, if you think, all right, let's say you have a bodega in Washington Heights or wherever, wherever you have a, you own a 7-Eleven, you own a Wawa, you own a candy store, a Krausers or whatever, wherever. You tell me if there's a difference to you as an owner, a bakery even, where the governor, some form of government official comes in and says, hey, we're having a problem producing enough food for everybody. We're going to need for you to please produce more bread. Don't shut down on the weekends. Don't shut down at 6 p.m. Shut down at 10 p.m. And we're going to help you pay. That's very different than somebody coming in like Bernie Sanders saying, okay, healthcare is a right. Denmark, I own your company now. Right? That's totally different. Saying, hey, listen, your bakery now is 75% yours, 25% mine. Or like China does, 51% for China, 49% for the quote unquote business owner. Hell no. Not me. I'm not getting involved in that. And no, neither should you. Nobody should give up their business. This is the essence of communism, right? Socialism is the tool that communists use. That's their economic system. A failed one, I might add. But this is what they use. And what are the, some of the tenets of communism? No private property rights. That and no God. So, I mean, those two reasons alone should scare you into loving capitalism and loving America. But if it, even if it doesn't, I'm not trying to use a fear tactic. I'm not a fear monger, at least not today. We, we should not buy into that. Nobody in their right mind should work hard and take on all the risk of opening a business, starting a business, building a business, like I did with my barbershop. And I did that as a 16-year-old. Started doing it in my house. It got to the point where I had enough people to take it mainstream to an actual location by the time I was 17, had some help from a family member, boom, that's how it happens. It doesn't happen with the government. I never sold a piece of my business to the government and I never asked the government to do anything for me. This idea that Bernie Sanders has that we should be selling off private industry to the government, that's crazy. That is just insane. His second idea of having workers on the board, to me, I don't really have a a solid uh, one way or the other on that. I think in a community-based organization, if you want to have parents, let's say a school board, I think it's not a bad idea to have parents be a member of a school board. But if I own Boeing, I don't think that the board should be made up of all of the guys that are flight attendants or women that are flight attendants. No. Maybe a mix. Maybe you have like so many different government agencies that I've been on. They'll have a county member from each county. So a public member that represents a certain county. And you'll have those people that chime in saying, well, here's, you know, when you're having your board meetings, you represent the government, you represent this industry, you represent that. And this person represents private citizens from the county of X, Y, and Z. I'm not against that. I'm really not. But the idea that we're going to have workers own and control a company that someone else built Hell no. I agree with Trump. Just like he said, it's from China and we're not going to do that. Not on my watch. Keep it locked right here. When we come back, Superintendent Frank Scarafield from the Little Ferry School District is going to break it down. He made the decision about three weeks ago, along with the health commissioner in Bergen County, New Jersey, where there's also an outbreak of COVID-19. And listen to what he had to say about that right here 
You're listening to This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And as promised, we've got the superintendent of schools in Little Ferry, New Jersey. As you guys know, Little Ferry, New Jersey was the first city affected with a coronavirus death in New Jersey. So they're shutting down schools way ahead of the schedule, faster than de Blasio did, faster than many others did because they had some foresight. So it's my pleasure to welcome Superintendent Frank Scarafield. Welcome to This is America. Thanks for having me, Rich. Tell us a little bit about how you guys, uh, I guess, what you gleaned from previous disasters, previous severe situations, and if you were even able to prepare for this. You know, when you get into situations, um, sometimes they just come at the speed of light. Hurricane Sandy, nobody saw coming, really. Um, Once that storm ended, we thought everything was fine, and then that storm surge came in. And really devastated Moonaki, which is next door, and Little Ferry. Oh, yeah, it was underwater. We're underwater. And uh, if, if just for the listeners, uh, the proximity of Little Ferry is we're about two and a half miles north of the MetLife Stadium. Uh, our neighbors are Hackensack, and we're right along the Hackensack River. And that, that really took over and closed us down for two solid weeks. Yeah, and again, just to give some context and add some color to this conversation, many of you who've listened to the show or listened to the This Is America podcast that you can download at wabcradio.com and make sure you follow on all social platforms. The story that I often tell is a true one. I was born in Brooklyn, but I moved to Hudson County, New Jersey, where I met Frank Scarafield and later moved to Bergen County. So my neighboring town is Little Ferry, where this current coronavirus death has occurred. And Little Ferry's eighth graders graduate and go on to the Ridgefield Park High School where my kids have gone to school, and my youngest is still there. So this is something that is actually real for me. So Frank Scarfield, uh, continue in explaining how you prepared or if you were able to prepare for this current onslaught that we're experiencing with coronavirus. You know, three weeks ago, all you heard was how it came from China and, and places like that. But once it started creeping into Italy and then they started, um, it started mounting there and they started isolating different parts, you know, we, we were talking about it with our other administrators, our maintenance people. I had just said, you know, maybe you should just make sure you have extra cleaning supplies because, you know, one of the things you have to do is try to keep the environment safe. Um, you really have to give the public good, solid information. And, and I think knowing that you are prepared, it gives the people confidence that you, you know what you're doing. And um, fortunately, we did have, unfortunately, we had Hurricane Sandy, but that experience helped us, you know, with an awareness level that, you know, you have to be ready for just about anything. All right. So tell me now, you you feel like you're ready for everything, or at least you've taken some steps. You see what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, Today, we're halfway through March. Tell us, you know, when did you kick it into high gear and what did you do? 
Well, about, it was right before, it was about three weeks ago, we were coming into a Friday, um, and I had said, you, you know, we, we let's make sure that we have this distance learning thing, the virtual learning thing down. So, I, again, very conscious of the working parent. I don't like to just call days off that aren't scheduled. So I looked at the calendar. I said, okay, March 19th, Richfield Park High School has, or Richfield Park District has a professional development day. Let's make that day a, a, a one-session day. This way, if people have problems with childcare, maybe they can rely on some of the high school kids and things like that. But we also have meeting days uh, with the teachers on Wednesdays. Uh, we keep them to 4 o'clock, and we've used those days, the last Wednesday in particular, to just shore up things. About two weeks ago, I started asking some of the teachers why don't we try some of this stuff from home, make sure everything's working. Now, the seventh and eighth, we're fortunate. My board of education has outfitted us with um, Chromebooks. So our kids are one-to-one, third grade through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And they're on those devices all the time. Seventh and eighth grade, we're able to take them home. But three, four, five, six, they had their own, and they used that computer every day. And just to add a little uh, context here, so the Chromebook is a uh, is a laptop that operates with Google Classroom and allows the students to conduct their assignments electronically. Correct. And um, so that that platform's been used since September. So we were pretty confident that uh, we were gonna it was gonna work. Uh, the the biggest challenge we had though was, you know, the little guys three, four, five, six, they. They weren't using them at home every day. They weren't allowed to take them home. Uh, so what we did Thursday, we said, you know, let's let's get them home. Let's try to get the bugs out, um, and let's see what's going on. And um, you know, the teachers reported back Friday. They said, you know what? I, I think we're ready. Biggest challenge though was pre-K, kindergarten one and two. So we had put together uh, work packets for them. Teachers gave detailed assignments, left them things, and all contacts. Uh, if you look at our website, you can find everything from soup to nuts there, who you have to contact, how you get um, you know, anything you need. Um, it, we're even supplying lunch to uh, our students if they want to. So they okay, can come so in as a pickup. Oh, okay. So let's. I just want to recap a little bit of that. So obviously in New York City, schools have not been closed, but public assemblies of more than X amount of people have been limited. Although one would argue that a school is a very large public assembly if you have more than 500 students. Uh, but I also, I'm not advocating for a school closure either. I, I spent uh, close to a decade as a school board member in Jersey City with the beloved uh, community charter school. So I, I understand a lot of these uh, complexities as well as the sensitivities to the working parents to uh, single parents, to parents that really do um, utilize their time away from their child while their child's at school for them to earn a living. So I get all of that. I really do. But how long of a school closure uh, can parents, at least in in northern New Jersey and Little Ferry, what can they expect? Well, again, this was a health closure and uh, Bergen County, and I tip my hat to the county executive who saw once the death occurred, I think in Little Ferry, it opened a lot of eyes, and and there is fear. I mean, I saw it the next day. I mean, parents were actually fearful. They wanted to know, was my kid exposed? Will my kid have a have an issue here? And uh, we're sensitive to that. But you know, we have a very good working relationship with the municipality. The mayor has been on top of everything. The police department. So we've been working hand in hand. Uh, I feel for the working parent because realistically, most of them don't have 
one day that they can give. I, I see it a lot when kids come in, you know, they, they, they're, they're a little ill. Maybe mom will give them the Tylenol because yeah. they, they got to get to work. And, you know, I really cracked down on that this year because we had a big flu epidemic and then that subsided um, after I sent one of my nasty grams out and <laughs> I just said, you got to keep love sick, notes. Got to see, you got to keep your sick kids home. And yeah. uh, they got the message and uh, they, they worked with me and, and that was really good. In this case, listen, they're saying it's a 14 day incub- incubation period. I think the 14 days right now is more to see what develops. Right. And, and it's hard to predict now, but the way it's growing, I don't see this 14 days only being 14 days. A lot of parents are concerned about these school closures. How is it that their kid is going to learn? Is the ed- education going to be adequate? I, I could say for sure with third through eighth grade in our district only because our students have been working, you know, uh, electronically within the classroom and bringing in the seventh and eighth grades case, they've been bringing their computers home doing their assignments. We're really going to get the big test this week, and I expect to have some glitches because when you close the whole Bergen County system, that's 160,000 students. I would say about 100,000 will probably be online. Then you have the parents who are going to be working from home uh, and uh, worried about little backups and outages with the Internet. That could be a problem. But um, the fortunate thing when you are working with a Chromebook, you can work offline. We worked with our students the past week to tell them, listen, even if you can't connect, you can work offline, and when you do get connectivity, it'll come back up, or your work will come up. So we do have a, a pretty good system in place to make sure that uh, we're delivering the you know New Jersey student learning standards. And in terms of the um, pre-K through second grade, we've given them adequate information and, and current work that they've been working on and, and some new work. We've given explicit directions and, and the kids are pretty savvy. You'd be surprised. Oh, that I don't doubt. I know yeah. my kids are savvy. They, I always refer to them as my IT team mm-hmm. because they, when it comes to technology, they're always a step ahead. But what I want to know, let's give some practical advice to parents. Like you said before, you're giving four hours of instruction. You're a school administrator, the top administrator. What, what is a parent expected to do what is it? What is your word of encouragement, reassurement, what, whatever it is, reassurance? Excuse me, to somebody saying, "What am? What do you want them to do with their kid after two o'clock?" Well, what what I want them to do is 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 keep them safe. And again, I, I, it's hard to advocate and say, "Hey, you know, you all got to stay in," because you know that's not the realistic view, especially if the parent is going out to work. Who are they exposed to? What are they bringing back at this stage? I mean, as this progresses, I mean, I'm looking at watching it start in China and they started closing provinces. Now you go to Italy, they shut down a country. Um, My big uh, wake up call was when they shut down the NBA, a billion dollar industry. And I said, if they shut down the NBA, how much longer is it before you're closing the schools? And Bergen County took the lead in New Jersey. The governor said yesterday, Governor Murphy, it's not a matter of uh, if, it's when all of you is going to shut. So I, I, I just see that trend. And I think really the, the parents, while the best thing they could do when they do come home is ask them what they learned. Show me what you learned. And the kids can. The kids can teach the parents. There's no question about it. Um, we do have a great support system. We're able to answer pretty much real time with the students. We have a system where they can email each other. So I'm confident that they're going to get what they need. And lo and behold, you go to college these days, Half your courses are online. This is a good primer. And I think what this has done, this will definitely bring education into the 21st century. If, if my biggest advice would be if you want to invest, 
invest in companies that make Chromebooks because they're going to buy a lot of them come come the future. All right, Frank, if uh, anybody in Bergen County or at least in Little Ferry area has any uh, questions, where do you recommend they go for these answers? Well, I, uh, if they go to our school website and um, right on the front page, it will tell them they can get in contact with everybody. I mean, we they can go to the directory to get in touch with the teachers. The students can directly email and chat their teachers. We have teachers that are using what you call Google Hangout, uh, which which uh, the, the students will pop up on the screen and they're watching live real time with the teacher. So it's easy to get in touch with your teacher. There is support staff that's working with them. We have our, our tech staff that's, you know, supporting the whole initiative. So uh, the website's the best place. Uh, any school website would give you guidance uh, for anyone in New Jersey that, that's in this situation. And, you know, hopefully this tool will pass. The question is, how long are we going to be out here doing this? Thank you, Frank. We appreciate you joining us. And those facts matter, right? Washing your hands is a fact that everybody agrees on. And in this time that's so tumultuous, facts are critically important. This is why I rely on just facts. And right now they have a bunch of different facts up there regarding the coronavirus, separating fact from fiction. So go and sign up for their newsletter because now more than ever, everybody needs to know the facts. That's JustFacts, F-A-C-T-S dot com slash rich, JustFacts dot com slash rich. And like I always say, I started my career as a barber, so washing my hands is something I'm very used to. I do it a lot. Not OCD, but I do it. And I think you should too, because we're in a time now where that's really our biggest defense. That and what uh, the great one likes to call socialist distancing, right? So (laughs) the fact that we're making space amongst us. That's all we've got for today, America. Hasta la próxima. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like each and every one of you to do nothing. So I implore you to do the right thing. I also implore you to follow us on social media at Rich Valdez with an S or at Rich Cementa, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. And also, most importantly, I want to thank you. I went through the reviews the other day. I noticed that we had almost a 5.0 rating for this podcast. Floored grateful. Thank you so much, America, for doing that. And when I say America, I mean it. We have a huge fan base in California, followed by New York as the second biggest, uh, most listened to state. That means the world to me, and I really appreciate it. Please continue to click like and share and share and retweet and do everything that you're doing and leave those reviews. I do read each and every one of them, probably not as soon as you put them up, but I definitely get to them and they mean the world to me. So thank you so much. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 